Okay, right. The subject tonight, Shia. Of course, we're dealing with uh, Rosh Hashanah over here. And the subject tonight, Shia, is the Torah reading on Rosh Hashanah, which is on day one Rosh Hashanah. And on day one Rosh Hashanah, we have to see why did Chazal, our rabbis of blessed memory, choose this Torah reading? Because it's not like a parish of the week. That you have, you know, Parshas Bracious, and then it continues on, and it turns out this week. No. Chazal specially took from the Torah a specific piece that we want you to focus on, on first day Rosh and what's that? So it's from Parshas Vayera, and it talks about three things. The first thing is the birth of Yitzchak Avinu. The second thing is the challenge from Yishmael to Yitzchak and Yishmael's banishment. And the third thing is the bris, the covenant that Avram Avinu made with the king of the Philistines, Avimelech. What are we supposed to learn from this? So let's start off with the first point, the birth of Yitzchak. Avram and Sarah, says the Seder Adairis, got married when Avram was 25 and Sarah was 15 years old. And what happened was, is that they were married an enormous amount of time. Avram became an established personality and a famed leader of the world. He went through the miraculous salvation of having been thrown into a furnace by King Nimrod in full view of everybody and surviving. He left and went to Eretz Israel. He went down to Egypt. He came back. And throughout this time, 75 years, Avram and Sarah remained barren. In fact, it proved to be a thorn in his side. Because when the generation of Nimrod decided to build a tower to attack Hashem, which is known famously as the Tower of Babel, the Migdal Bovel, Avram Avinu gave the people Teichachoy, rebuked them. And you know what they said? They said, what's a barren mule going to tell us? In other words, you don't even have a child and you've been married this long. And you can imagine that Avram Avinu and Sarah, the ones who are spreading the word of God, and yet they seem to be suffering so much. They seem to have much less than other people. So this was a very difficult test for them. Until finally, Hashem helped Sarah conceive miraculously on none other than the night of Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah. That's when she conceived. And she gave birth at the ripe old age of 90 years old. Now, just to understand this a little bit. Sarah Imenu was extremely old. I mean, you can imagine. Even if you say that the people lived longer in those times, to 130, 140, but it was still extremely old and no one ever dreamt of having children. Why did Hashem want it that it should take so long? And why did Hashem choose that Rosh Hashanah of all the days of the year should be the day of salvation? So Chazal, our rabbis, tell us important points. First of all, a Jew has to know that really, according to the laws of nature, we shouldn't be here. It's not possible for a woman of 90 to have a child. It's not possible. 
that so many barren women would have children. Not just Sarah, but Rivka also was barren. Rachel was barren and even Leah was barren. But she was remembered the quickest because of the amount of tefillahs and crying that she had before. Really the Jewish people, according to the medical understanding of the world, is an absolute wonder. And Hashem wants it that way to make us realize that we're something special. We're not like the rest of the world. The rest of the world, there was a nation, this one had kids, that one had kids, etc. But we, every doctor, every mystic, every stargazer had given up hope of ever seeing a child to Avram and Sarah. And Hashem said, no, the Jewish people are going to exist, but I want them to come through this way so that they realize that there are something that is above the stars. Like Hashem said to Avram Avinu, you see in the stars, you won't have a child. Look above the stars. The Jewish people are above that. Okay. Second point is that Hashem desired the prayers of the tzaddik. Hashem pushes a person into a position where he cannot see any light at the end of the tunnel in order that he should cry to Hashem and daven to him. And that's what he wanted from Avram and Sarah. Because the more they daven, the closer to Hashem they became. And it's an important point for us because for us it sometimes works the opposite. When a person has an unfulfilled need, often what happens is that he feels frustration. And the more he davens, the more it's not fulfilled. He gets angry, he gets upset, he feels there's no one listening. It all depends on what your perspective on Tvila is. If your perspective on Tvila is just a means to an end, a goal that I need to fulfill. I'm only davening so that you give me. So then you're going to lose out. But if a person's davening to Hashem because I want to build my relationship with you, my awareness of you, then every tefillah is another opportunity, another brick in building a beautiful house for Hashem to dwell in our midst. So this is the background of Sari Main and the miraculous birth of Yitzchak. Why Rosh Hashanah of all times? So we have to know that Rosh Hashanah on the one hand is the day of judgment. On the other hand, it's a day of tremendous blessing. Because this is the day that Hashem decides. We always focus on what He decides for the negative. We always focus on who's going to live, who's going to die. Who's going to have panos, who won't have panos. But this is the day where Hashem dishes out all the blessings for the entire world. If you think about it, it's amazing. All the blessings we have. All the tremendous leaps that we do, whether it's in commerce, whether it's in our own understanding, in intellect, family, friends, acquaintances, communities, cities, provinces, countries, everything that's established, that's invented, that's brought to fruition is all from Rosh Hashanah. So it's a day of unbelievable blessing. Hashem wanted us to always remember that. And therefore... The conception of Yitzchak and the furthering of the Jewish people happens specifically on Rosh Hashanah on this day. Furthermore, Yitzchak is called Yitzchak. What does the word Yitzchak mean? He will laugh. So Sarimanu says that anyone who's going to hear about this will laugh with me. Now, what is this reaction of laughter? Towards good news. 
So when a person is extremely excited, he's very happy, he may scream, he may even cry tears of joy. A laughter is something different. A laughter is something where a person's almost in disbelief. He's so joyous. He can't believe this is true. And Sarimenu said, everyone who hears about this is going to laugh with me. And Chazal explained that in Sarah's merit, not only was she remembered, but all barren women of her time had children, which is unbelievable because she opened the channel of blessing. Not only are they going to rejoice with me for my sake, but for their sake as well, they're going to rejoice. And people didn't believe it. So what happened was, is that Sarah invited women to her house and she personally nursed their babies to show them. And her milk flowed in the most amazing way because she wanted to demonstrate the miracle that Hashem had given. What's the idea for us? Yitzchak, he will laugh. This is the concept that Hashem sometimes takes us beyond what we ever believe could really come to fruition. And it's at that time that we need to rejoice with such excitement and through our bones that we laugh how amazing and how wondrous this is. Not a laughter against God forbid, but a laughter of thank you Hashem. Wow, I cannot believe that this is true. And you should know that when Yitzchak was born, there was a tremendous, tremendous entourage of people that came to see him. Leaders of the generations, kings, all came to see him because of Avram and Sarah and what they were doing for people. With their hospitality, with their leadership, with what they'd achieved. Avram Avinu had defeated four kings. Avram Avinu had survived the furnace. Avram Avinu was a person who was a, a person who gave so much advice. So much chizuk, so much encouragement to people that they came and they saw Yitzchak. Now, if the Torah reading would have ended there, I would understand. Rosh Hashanah is our time of bracha and this was the tremendous bracha that Hashem gave us. But it doesn't end at that point. We go on to a tremendous challenge that Yitzchak had to face at a young age. And you know what that challenge was? His older brother from another wife, Hagar, whose name was Yishmael. And the Pasuk says that Sarah saw Yishmael Metzachek. Metzachek, he was laughing, but this was a different laugh. He was scoffing. He was making fun of Yitzchak. He was saying that I'm the real firstborn, not you. And I'm the one who's going to inherit from Avram, not you. And he was cutting down Yitzchak in his mind, missing the fact that he was the son of a secondary wife. And he was never meant to be the one who was going to continue the legacy of the chosen nation. And Yitzchak had to put up with a person who was involved with trying to bring him down spiritually and even attempting to kill him physically. Why should Yitzchak have to, have to deal with this challenge? What's the idea? So for us, we have to know over here that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whenever it comes to growing a person, he needs to give challenge. That's why we are human beings. 
An angel doesn't have a challenge. Animals don't have the challenge. But a human being has the challenge of the eight Sahara of the evil inclination. Internally and externally as well. Internally is his own desires and his draws and his thoughts and his feelings, his jealousies, envies. And externally with people that are going to push against or try and drive you in the wrong direction. To become a Yitzchak, you need a Yishma. Albeit that this was so extreme that Sarah told Avram, throw him out the house. And Avram thought it was a bad idea. And Hashem said, listen to her, she's right. He needed to be thrown out. And the reason for that was that that would be a demonstration to everybody that it's only Yitzchak who the Jewish people will come from, not Yishmael. And also for his own good. So importantly, Yitzchak goes through this challenge like we all go through. The challenge of, of a power that opposes us and opposes God. This is something to chew on and think about in Rosh Hashanah because we're all facing challenges and we're all facing people that try and pull us and direct us in a different, different direction. And we also face Reutfeh, people that are trying to kill us, destroy us and bring us down. We have to know that our Kaddish Baruch Hu is the one who ultimately protects us. Had it been that Avram would have chosen, he wouldn't have thrown Yishmael out the house. But Hashem said, listen, and throw him out. And that protected Klau Yisrael. Because Hashem also protects all of us. The third aspect of the, of the Torah reading is the Bris, the covenant with Avimelech. Avimelech was the king of the Pelishtim, the Philistines. Now, who were the Philistines? They were a nation that lived in the southern part of Eretz Israel. And they're a nation that their main trait was Leitzanim. They were scoffers. In fact, Chazal tell us that they were the ones who said that Avram didn't have Yitzchak, but Yitzchak came from a different father. And Sarah had been with someone else. Why? Because they didn't want to believe that Avram could have a child at such an old age. And therefore they scoffed. So what did Hashem do? He made Yitzchak look exactly like Avram to, to counteract their false claim. But they were scoffers. And we see a piece of that in the parasha. Avram Avinu makes a bris, a covenant with the king Avimelech. He had lived in the land. And what had happened is that some of Avram's wells, which was a source of blessing, source of water, which thereby was for the crops and everything else. And Avram, what happened was, is that some of his wells had been stolen by the, by the slaves of Avimelech. And Avimelech knew about it and had done nothing about it. So the Pasuk says that Avram gave him Teichacha. He told him off for it. And Avimelech says very strange words. He says, I didn't know about it. You didn't tell me, also didn't know about it. And he comes with a long piece, denying responsibility. Says the Nitziv, when you watch Avram Avinu, when he deals with Avimelech, and even later on when Yitzhak deals with Avimelech, Avimelech never comes alone when he deals with Avram or Yitzhak. He always brings along a general called Fichol. Now, we don't really hear Fichol talking. 
We don't know too much about him, but he's always there. Why is he always there? So the Tziv says, and this is a tremendous principle for us to offset within ourselves. Avimelech was the epitome of what I would call today's politician. He always needed to go with someone else so he'd have a fallback guy. So when Avram says to Avimelech, you didn't tell me, he turns to Fichol and says, you never told it to me. So he starts off, Avram, you didn't tell me. And then Fichol, you didn't tell me about it. I don't know. It's not my fault. It's not my problem. There always has to be someone to take the rap because I don't want to take the rap. Anything but taking responsibility. And that's the epitome of the opposite of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, Hashem is judging us and we have to accept that He's the King He knows better. And what I'm doing good and what I'm not doing good, that's what I have to face. But if a person is always going to pass the buck, he's going to miss everything. You can't pass the buck in Shemayim after 120 years. People can fake everything now and they can falsify evidence and events and whatever takes place. But in Shemayim, you're not going to have that. And on Rosh Hashanah, you also don't have that. Fichal and Avimelech is a good example for us how not to be. On the other hand, you see Avram Avinu, he saw something wrong. It wasn't coming through vengefulness. He told them, you have done wrong. What are the two points for us over here? So the first point is, is that we need to be Mekabalach Rais, accept responsibility. It does not mean that I'm a Rosh. It doesn't mean I'm evil. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to move forward in life. No. Part and parcel of being a human being, and especially a Jew, is you're going to fail, but you're going to grow from that failure. You're going to mistake, but you're going to make good on those mistakes. You're going to mess up every so often, and that's okay. person has to know that. But if a person is always avoiding responsibility, he'll never grow at all. That's why the Sephorno says that the generation of flood, the decree was sealed on them when they refused to hear anybody telling them otherwise. Avram Avinu also we learn from that he looked at Avimelech and he said, you have to fix this. Teichucha, which we always translate as rebuke, sounds very unpleasant. doesn't have to be. Rebuke can be when you address something in a person, but you address him, number one, not in a slating way. Number two, for that person's sake. And number three, you are correct in your estimation. You know, sometimes a person rebukes someone for something that they believe is wrong. It's actually not wrong, right? We've had that a few times. You have a guy comes to Shul and says, how can this happen? How can that happen? And then when you take a look in Shulchan Aruch, you see there's no such thing. There's no such thing. You have to first find out, is it really required or not? You have to know in yourself, are you doing it for that person or are you doing it because you want to cream them? You want to see them blush. You want to see them feel stupid, feel down, right? And the manner you do it is so critical. There's certain people I know, they have no right to say to anyone at any time. Because whenever they say it, it's going to be biting and stabbing and no one's going to listen anyway. But a person who can take a person's side and say, listen here, this is what you need to, you know, this is what you need to fix. And they can accept it from you because they know it's coming from you. Then it's a very different story. You have to know how to do it as well. Avram Avinu teaches us, Teichach is also important. But that's when you're looking at the other person, you want them to be better off. How do I know that's Avram Avinu with Avimelech? 
We know that Chazal tell us that when Avimelech took Sarah Imenu away and locked her up in the palace, Hashem came to Avimelech and he afflicted him and he told him, send her back and he sent her back. And Avimelech begged Avram to daven and Avram davened straight away for him. And Rashi says over there, you see, you should be quick to forgive. Even a Rosha like Avimelech, even a person who was a fake, who never took responsibility for anything, even him you have to be quick to forgive. So that's how the perspective and angle we need to have for Rosh Hashanah. So this parasha on day one Rosh Hashanah is opening up a whole bunch of things. Number one, it's opening up that the day of Rosh Hashanah is a day of tremendous blessing coming to the world. We need to remember that. Number two, the very inception of the Jewish people is supernatural and wondrous. And we need to remember that our Kodesh Baruch was always behind us. Number three, no pain, no gain. We're going to be challenged. We've got Yishmaels around us, whether it's internally, externally. And we have to challenge that and we have to fight that inside of us. Number four, we see that when a person comes to a point where he refuses to accept responsibility, he is going to fade into an abyss like Avimelech. But when a person accepts and understands that's a, a Torah Jew, he's going to grow and get a good judgment on Rosh Hashanah. Lastly, you see from Avram Avinu that when a person cares for someone else and he identifies something in someone else, he can give over Teicha properly. The other person doesn't listen, that's not your responsibility. But at least from your sake, you're going to care enough to think about that person and want him to do better for himself in life. Rosh Hashanah has a very interesting flavor. When we come to the day, on the one hand, we are dressed up beautifully. And we have Yom Tov meals and we sing. On the other hand, we don't say Hallel. We dress slightly less than a regular Yom Tov in some way or form. We have a certain awe, a certain a certain pachat, a certain fear of a Kodesh Baruch That's through. But the two are not contradictory. When you understand the magnitude of the Creator of the world, you have to feel that awe. But on the other hand, we dress up because he is being crowned as our king on this day. And when we think about that, we will pave a way forward for a beautiful year of brocha. It's interesting, there was a case of a guy who someone snubbed him, a family member snubbed him. And this guy, what happened was, is he couldn't understand why the family member refused to talk to him. So what did he do? He called up the person, he tried to leave messages, and he was constantly ignored. And he asked, you know, am I obligated to do, to do tshuva, to ask him forgiveness, mechila for this? You know, what, what, exactly, what exactly did I do wrong over here? Right? What did I do wrong? So the answer is the following. In that case, when he literally didn't have any clue and that's that person's issue. And he tried as well. But there are a lot of cases for us where we know that we did something to somebody. And we offended them and we upset them and we humiliated them. And it was hard for them, painful for them. 
It's up to us to try and think about that, to clear our slates and accept responsibility, not to be like Avi Melech, but to be like an Avram Avinu, to understand that for us, we have to look into ourselves and that it is okay. Hashem should bless us with a beautiful continuing Elo, blessing and brocha. Next week, um, there, there won't be a Shia because we have the Shul AGM. Okay. Have a beautiful, beautiful night, everyone. Keep well.